Greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics, and I got an awesome guest today, Brandon Rakes, who competed on the Big Bass Tour for about seven years and now fishes the Bassmaster Open. So how you doing, Brandon? Doing great. Uh, super happy to uh, be here with you. Grateful for the invitation. Um, yeah, excited about uh, the podcast. Absolutely. I'm excited to jump in a little bit more about your career, um, especially Big Bass Tour and some other things you're doing with the university and coaching college. But um, to start off, I always like asking, it's kind of a good icebreaker, um, what's your story about how you got into fishing? Because um, there's a lot of guys out there who might be fishing with your parents or maybe fished in high school, fished in college a little bit. But what's your story about how and what hooked you into bass fishing? Absolutely. I, I was, my, my dad definitely took me fishing when I was a youngster. You know, i catching bluegill when I could barely walk but it you know my dad was when I got into middle school you know he was working and there was a pond um about I don't know probably half a mile a mile from our house I lived in Orlando and um me and my friend or my friend and I we would walk to this pond and I remember saving up like all my money back then to get like this twenty dollar you know rod and reel Bought a couple of baits at, at bought a, my first, uh, so I bought a couple of baits at Walmart and got me going, but somebody else at the pond was fishing a popper and I saw them catch a fish on top water and I promise you it changed my life. I was like, whatever just happened, I got to do that. So I remember going to Kmart and buying a popper and, you know, you catch, and this is Florida, you know, so you catch like five pounders are in every pond. So you know, we caught a couple five pounders that that summer on a on a popper, and I literally it's all I've ever wanted to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a it's dude that top water is a whole different game because actually that story is exactly how I got hooked too. I got my first bite on a frog through oh, lily pads, Lord. and I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life." It's like, dude, that was the fro so speaking of frogfish, like. I so at the Wheeler event at the Bassmaster Open on Wheeler, I first day of practice, the very first fish I catch is like a four pound smallie on a popping frog. And I've never caught a smallie on a frog before. The smallie on a frog, dude, that bite was unreal. I was it it actually ended up being the same place I fished the entire derby, but um yeah, dude, that there's something about top water though, and, and even especially like even a frog bite, and you make sense of smallmouth in there, and it's it's incredible. <laughs> just smallmouth pure muscle too. Dude, just <laughs> I'm telling you, I've never caught a s I've never I've never seen I had never seen a smallmouth blow up on a frog until that day. Yeah. And it, I was like a little kid all over again. I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I gotta do that the rest of the dirty. <laughs> <laughs> So. I love it. I know. Um, I I like going up to Lake Oneida, and there's a certain time of the year where we go up there and we throw these like topwater spooks up there, and it almost seems like anywhere you cast, there's just smallmouth coming out of the water and hitting it. And they're not giant smallmouth, but like they're just so much fun. Dude, to catch. The aggression that they hit stuff with is just like unrivaled. You know, it's just pure rage. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But it's so. It's... And then they take you for a ride oh, I know. It's so underneath amazing, the boat. Dude. Like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of messed up my spot there was like a, a uh, another tournament happening that day and there were some people fishing around but no one else was like throwing top water or frog or anything and i caught that big smallie and there was like another local driving by saw me catch it immediately shut down and just went pulled in right where i was and, and they started catching a couple i peeled out i didn't want to 
apply any more pressure to those fish. But yeah, uh, man, the top water is got to be one of the, if if you don't get addicted to fishing through top water, it's not for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yep, yeah. same same. Like I remember starting with um, I always I started fly fishing. That was like the first thing I got into, and it was always like the dry flies. It was like I always enjoyed seeing a trout hit a dry fly, but then bass whole different game. Like I mean, it's unbelievable. But come in. So let's jump into your career a little yeah. bit. Um, so seven years fishing the uh, the big bass tour. Now. It's something that I actually never heard of before I started looking into you and started seeing that. So can you just fill me in and our listeners in on what that format kind of looks like for you? Yeah, so Big Bass Tour, they are a purely big fish tournament. They pay out um, $1,000 every hour all the way down to like 100 bucks. And so they pay out 10 places down to like 100 bucks. First place is $1,000. And it's mainly here on the um, like south southeast region of the country. They have... They are in uh, Texas for the Lake Condor tournament, which was they, where they got their start. But um, yeah, I I think I kind of started fishing the Big Best Tour events because it was an easy way to make like pretty good money without having to fish a you know if you win a BFL, you know how much money are you winning most of the time at most uh, places. Versus, uh, you only have to catch one of the biggest fish for the hour to win a thousand bucks. And then back then they had talent rewards. So if you had talents on your boat, which I did, it would get matched for another thousand. So it was, you know, some most events it would be like two thousand dollars for one big fish. So I started fishing um, their events. Eventually they uh, asked my wife and I to help with their social. And so we were doing that for a while. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time traveling around and fishing a ton of big fish tournaments and kind of got my, uh, got to focus on catching, just getting one big bite, um, a day and, uh, kind of shifting back to five fish has been a whole other thing, but, um, yeah, so we ended up, uh, winning, uh, the Harris chain event in 2020 uh, we won a Nitro Z19, I think it was, and sold that yeah. pretty quick and um, kind of had the money and resources to uh, go all in to fish the Bassmaster Open. So that's what we did. Dude, that's insane. So when you're, when you're out there, right, because I do a lot of that same fishing when you're kind of looking just for – when I go fishing, I'm looking for that one bass. Like where's that one bass? And up here in PA, it's probably like a five to seven pounder, right? But when you're looking for that one bass in like a tournament setting, what are you kind of looking for? Are you only hitting like main key spots? And like what are you kind of – Yeah, I definitely think you got to stay in like high percentage areas. But I, I'll give you like a quick example. So the spawn was pretty much done at Wheeler for the most part and – uh, but I pulled into a spawning Creek where I could see like a lot of old beds and I was catching a ton of fry garters and even some males that I felt like were probably still on bed. Um, but there was no females anywhere to be seen. And so during the, during the event, I, when I got into that Creek, there was like two or three other boats on the banks, just kind of beating around in there. So there really wasn't room for me to get in. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I didn't see any biggins up in practice over there. So I literally just got in the ditch of this this creek and just started throwing a Cinco in the middle of the ditch. And the ditch was like 
you know, six to eight foot and just fishing a sink in the middle of the ditch real slow, you know, throwing at um, isolated patches of uh, grass. I think some of it was actually hydrilla, which was, there wasn't a lot of hydrilla on Wheeler to be found, but, um, and I ended up getting that, getting that big bite and I caught one probably close to six, right? I didn't weigh it for big fish, but it was big. And, um, I caught that one. And when I caught that fish, I was like, all right, we, we got to build a bag today. Today's our day. So, yeah, but that, that's, you know, that's kind of how I, um, that's how I like to approach it, especially when you know seasonally what's happening. So in that particular area, it was really easy to see like these fish were on their way back out. And I think if you can, you know, logically follow their, um, footsteps, so to speak, you know, you can really put your finger on the pulse of what's happening pretty quick and just follow, follow where they should be headed. And a lot of times it is the most obvious thing. Like it's not this hidden weird. It's a lot of it is just fishing the most obvious, like, like getting in that ditch, that fish was on in the very first depression where the ditch started in that Creek. It wasn't all the way out of the mouth. It was right there where the, the depression first started at the back of that Creek, super obvious spot. And you know, when you think about it, it's obvious, but in the moment when the pressure's on, it's really easy to just focus and be like, I got to make a million casts, you know, but I think some of it's just slowing down and, and, uh, yeah, making, making obvious decisions about where they should be and, uh, and if you get enough of it, it just, it goes well. So, and did you do that on day two on Wheeler? That was day one. That was day one on Wheeler. Day one. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. I, uh, gotcha. I ended up it... burning way too many fish on day one. I, I probably, I caught probably more than 30 fish on day one at Wheeler, but I, there was other boats around that. So I felt like if I didn't, burn them somebody else was going to burn them so i really caught more than i should have in in the the two areas that i fished and that that kind of ate me up on day two a little bit but it's all good you know we had to we had to make decisions in the moment and um i think we made the right decision so Mm -hmm. no i got you because day one about 18 pounds ish and then day two 11 pounds right Something. Yeah, I had so I had a, I had a, that big one ended up dying on me on day one and um really freak deal. I I think the fish just got the bends coming out of like you know that six to eight foot, which is crazy. I would never thought a fish would get the bends coming out of something not that deep, but um yeah, fish fish got the bends. I really st- tried to save her. I spent a lot of time trying to save her and just couldn't couldn't nurse her back. But, um, yeah, that was, that was day one. I had like 18, 13, 18 something, but dead fish penalty cost me a little bit on that. And then on day two, I had 11, I don't know, upper 11. I don't remember what it was. Something like that. Yeah. 1115. I'm looking at it now. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a fun, that was a fun event. Um, caught a lot of fish on a frog too, which was really fun. Um, that's real fun. Yeah, dude. That frog bites. <laughs> so the, the uh, so you you fished you fished a lot of different styles of like tournament fishing, right? You did the big bass tour, which is basically just one fish. You did, I believe, you fished MLF also, um, in the years past, and then now you're fishing the Bassmaster EQ Opens, um, as an angler there. Tell me about the Opens and how it compares to kind of the other tournaments that you fish. I think what I like what I appreciate about bass is, um. 
don't know if pageantry is the right word, but it's like the way they um, carry out the event is very, it's just top. No one, no one puts on an event like Bass. And I think uh, being there and being part of it, uh, it's, it's just a, it's a totally different vibe than MLF. And that's not to take a stab at MLF at all for like, because I did fish some of the Toyotas last year. But just the way that Bass puts on an event is just unreal and world class. And um, yeah, super, super excited to be part of their trail this year. I was glad to put together a good event at Wheeler and hoping we can put together um, a few more good events coming through. Uh, head to Ufala here in another few days. So looking forward to that yeah, one. You got you got Ufala and then you got the uh, St. Lawrence River. Team yeah, right two places that. I've never been. I think it's going to be blast. I, I'm excited about Ufala. Haven't spent much energy thinking about the St. Lawrence, but whenever I do think about it, I'm like so stoked to get there and catch some smallies. <laughs> I've never been up there. I've, I've never been north to fish. So this is going to be like awesome. I've heard, yeah, it should be a great time. I've, I've heard incredible stuff, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And I, uh, it's awesome. I'm hoping I'm hoping maybe I don't know. We'll see, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's awesome, cool man. All right, so let's let's talk about college fishing. Yeah, that's something I always like to talk about. It's kind of we were hitting on it before. It's something that I'm not super familiar with. I talked to a couple of people on the podcast about it, but I know you're the head coach of NJ. Um, excuse me. Evangel University, yep. bass fishing head coach, and um, tell me a little bit about your program you guys got there and we, what you guys are doing. We just started the program. I am like super pumped. We're in the middle of recruiting. We have our first. We signed our first two students, um, just the last couple months. We have, um, about six more spots open. So if anybody's listening and interested or knows a, a high school fisherman that uh, is looking for a great place to get an education a christian school with an amazing environment that is going to build one of the best fishing programs in the country reach out to me on instagram i would like absolutely love to talk to you about it but we recently signed uh the first student we signed coming out of high school won the missouri state tournament a high school tournament last year he's a total stick and we got his fishing partner and they are absolute hammers. I'm super pumped to have them on campus and to be representing us. And yeah, I, I, I college fishing is taking over. If you have an opportunity to fish collegiately, you absolutely should because the amount of doors that uh, it opens for an angler is incredible. So um, yeah, I, I think any high school angler who wants to compete or, or be in the fishing industry as a whole in, in the future, man, what better place to, to meet the right people than, than through, uh, fishing collegiately. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, be heading up the program, doing, uh, some recruiting and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. I think that's a big thing. You, you just hit on a big thing there. Like maybe, you know, if a high school's dream isn't, it probably is to fish in the opens or the elite series and bass, but like maybe there's also a part of it's like, you know what, I just want to be in fishing somehow. I feel like that's a great first step to take, right? Go fish collegiately, go try your hand at it for four years, and you come out of it with a bunch of great connections. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just even like 
fishing the opens for um like three events now i think it's been and the amount of people that you meet is just it's incredible and the fishing industry is such a a small tight-knit group um getting to know people is absolutely it's everything in our in our sport and uh man if there's just no better way to network than to, than to actually be in the network, you know? So if anybody looking to do anything in the industry absolutely should get their start in, in college fishing, in my opinion. So, yeah. I love it. And uh, where, where are you guys located? Just for We're, we are located in Springfield, Missouri, right by um, Bass Pro Shops headquarters, uh, kind of the heart of bass fishing country if you will there's some amazing lakes um right there you have table rock and uh there's, there's a few little hidden gems around there too you know i i uh lake of the ozarks is, is another obvious one but uh there's like a lot of little hidden gems lakes around there that i've been hearing about that i haven't even got to put the boat in the water in on yet but uh man it's it's definitely the soul of bass fishing is so strong out there um and so much of the industry is right there that it's a it's a it's a great spot man i'm it's it's i'm excited for our program just for uh yeah the, just the amount of open doors i think that exist right in our right in our backyard are, is really exciting business owners and marketing professionals in the philly area bad rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing with tailored digital marketing services, from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising, our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit badrhinoinc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to. I always like asking people, what's your personal best largemouth and personal best smallmouth? Great question. So the scale died when I was weighing my biggest largemouth ever. And I, um, so the, 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 the real truth is I don't know how big that fish was. I'm like, the scale died and it was 11 and change. Um, the biggest fish I've ever caught in a tournament was the 10 uh, six that I weighed in for uh, the big best tour event that won the boat. Um, and so, but as far as personal best, I'm, I'm not really hundred percent sure I got the fish back, um, pretty quick. So, but then, then smallmouth, man, my best smallmouth is probably like four and a half, five pounds. Like I haven't spent a lot of time smallmouth fishing. So that's why I'm really pumped about the Northern swing here because, uh, hopefully we'll get to break my PB this year for, for smallies. Oh, dude. Hey, you should be able to break that up at the St. Lawrence River for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped, man. It's gonna be so ask me in like a month <laughs> for smallmouth. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do we'll do a little wrap up there too at the end of the season and we'll we'll, get, we'll touch notes on that. But uh it's funny. So how big real quick, how big was the bass that actually ended up winning you the boat? Yeah, the bass it was ten six. Yeah, it was a it was a ten six. And the cool thing was is I actually weighed in an eight eighty eight right before that one and I lost one probably about the same size so it was it was one of those days where it just dude it everything lined up um yeah i caught 
several big ones that day. I think I even weighed in like a five. Um, it was unreal, dude. It was just absolutely unreal dream day. Um, my dad got to be in the boat for the fish. The, the video is actually on TikTok. It has like 1.6 million views or something. I don't know, maybe more now, but we went viral there for a little bit on, on TikTok with that video. It was that spot where I caught that fish, man. I'm not sure we'll ever be the same because everybody who's ever fished the Harris chain now, like the volume of boats over there is wild. I think everybody triangulated me, but it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. I, it was, uh, it was worth posting the video. So <laughs> I love it. People are just trying to like yeah. waiting for it to come back. <laughs> and everyone's like dying. It's like, where, where were you at? I'm like, how, how much information do I give it? The video really kind of gives it away if you know the Harris chain. So, but yeah, it was a, it was a heck of a derby, man. It was a fun one. And I, I actually was sight fishing for it. All right, Brandon. So one question that's been kind of nagging in the back of my head here, as you've been talking about big fish and all that, and you know, the different tournaments that you fish, I throw a lot of swim baits, um, big swim baits like Hinkles and, you know, yep. different stuff like that, like Chad, Chad pros and all this stuff. Um, how much of that have you seen over the past couple of years been incorporated into those big, um, those big fish tournaments that you fish? I, they are to me, one of the biggest tools for finding big fish i don't always target what i find with those baits um i don't always target those fish with those baits sometimes sometimes i do you know but a lot of times too like even even like if you watch the you know the elites or guys that throw those big baits man the hookup to land ratio on those baits is so terrifying that like if i can get them to eat something else a lot of times i'll i'll try that so if i get a fish to show themselves in practice i'll come back and throw something else now sometimes you you just have to live and die by the big bait and uh anytime you're around big fish like you know lakes that just are known for you know six plus pounders i will absolutely just lock it in my hand and not put it down you know but um i'm in north carolina and lake norman's in my backyard so a lot of a lot of it in practice is often just getting the fish to show themselves who's where and then coming back um but yeah uh it's totally changed the game i think uh big baits are are here to stay man i i really think they are they're becoming a staple in everybody's arsenal um i eat from coast to coast i think they play and uh who would have, who would have thought you know i grew up watching a lot of the swim bait stuff um trout eaters and all this cool yeah. you know southern trout eaters all this cool videos that were happening back in the day and uh see how far swim baits have come and even what these guys are making now is just uh so high quality that it for highly pressured fish i just there's sometimes there's just nothing that you can get them to take a swipe at you know what I mean? So if it's all that you can get them to eat, you got to throw it. It, it just, uh, it's a dangerous game. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I, I throw a lot of the, uh, the depths 250 and that's like yeah, my classic bait where like, if I can't get anything else to at least follow my bait, I'm throwing that thing just to see if I can call them up from the deep. I, so I'll tell you what bait I, I'm about to give some juice now. I really shouldn't do this oh, man. because I, uh, this is like literally doesn't come off my rod from like now till 
August. But I I really like to throw um, bluegill swim baits, and and I I actually really like to throw floaters. Um, guy that is kind of local to my area it's, uh, makes tater hog. He makes a, a bluegill imitation swim bait that I have caught more big fish on. Like. It's scary to think about the volume of fish over six pounds that I've caught um, because of that bait and fish that I would have never caught otherwise. Um, and they come out of the woodwork for it, man. Like, I don't even know where these fish come from. It's like they just show themselves. It, it, it really is wild. And and especially this time of the year, we got the bluegill spawn happening, you know, and into the summer, man, those bass really get keyed up on some bluegill. And if all you do is throw the shad ones, you're definitely missing out because the bluegill imitation ones are, are some of the best. I, I missed, I missed a four pounder on it at Wheeler. Actually, I was throwing it, um, trying to get one more big bite and I got one to come up and eat it. And it's the fish ate it so aggressively that my line went tight like as soon as the fish ate it and my line was just tight and it like i didn't have couldn't react fast enough on the hook set like just the rage that they hit it with sometimes is insane <laughs> i mean it was like just boom, line tight and i i whiffed but it was solid like four pounder if i could have that one back i probably would have fished the last day but yeah. um it's yeah. it, it, it's like that you know that's what i'm talking about with big baits too though you know sometimes it just you just don't you don't get the hook in them always, but man, they're fun. They are great time. Fun. I've I've heard of Tater Hogs before the uh, that company. I've heard a couple other ones like Doc Rat makes a pretty good impression of a uh, of a glide. It's a gill. Um, couple other ones too. So, do you like the crank downs, the wakes, or the glides? What's like your go to with the gills? I I with the gills, I like the glides, but I like the floaters. So, um, yeah, I really. Uh, I know that probably sounds bizarre for like summertime fishing, but when they get keyed up around these bluegill beds, dude, it's great. I will literally like, if it's going to be a blue, if I'm fishing bluegill beds, I would just throw that thing to the bluegill bed and not, not even hardly twitch it. I've let it sit there for 10, 20 seconds before with like one twitch and they will come up and eat it. Like you don't have to like work it back to the boat. You just cook it. It's crazy, dude. It, it really is crazy. I think I think that's another thing guys can get kind of uh, kind of wrong with it when you're you're trying to like you can do too much. It's almost like throwing a cinco around bluegill beds. If you're if you take your time with it, they come out for it. <laughs> Especially if it's a floater too, because you could just kind of let that thing. Oh yeah, just glide right up top. Yeah, let it sit. And it's if you have yeah it. I'm telling you some of the best. I don't want to tell you the lakes because guys will go do it, but yes. there are, there are lakes that I, I almost won a tournament. I should have won a tournament last year fishing the Toyota series. I lost like two eights on uh day two on a, uh, on it that would have broke one off, but it was a sad, sad, sad story. But it, if, if you're willing to throw it, man, it's, the rewards can be insane. 
mm-hmm. and it for is sure. fun fishing too right especially if you're like if you're just going out there for fun just trying to catch that one big fish exactly man if you're just hunting for one why not right it's kind of it's kind of reminds me of like a frog bite but it's i think it's the perfect way when you don't have grass or you're not really relating to grass it's a perfect way to target those same fish that you would target with you know, like walking a frog around, like isolated to cover or that kind of stuff. Man, you just throw this thing around isolated to cover or bluegill beds and that kind of stuff. And it's really the same, you're targeting the same fish in a different way. You know, it's, it's definitely the deal. No doubt. I know what Matt Lures makes a good one too. She's some floating gill. It's not a glide. I think it's a swimmer, but I know he's got some decent ones out there. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There's one, there's another guy. I've been following on Instagram. I'm trying to place an order with him right now that he's making one. Um, he's kind of new to the scene. Well, I just heard about him. I don't know how new he is. He's probably not new, but um, he's uh, kind of starting to take off, though. Um, Zaldane just got some of them, too. I saw it on his video. I can see the bait in my head, but I can't pull the name. It's going to drive me nuts, but, yeah, it's... I'm not gonna lie, you gotta pay for them. Now they they're not yeah. cheap. Like I'm, it hurts the amount of money that I've dropped on these baits, but it's worth it to get the bite. It's it's worth it. <laughs> and I'm the same exact way. Like the psycho gills and all the other like the piss swim baits. It's it, yeah. it honestly you gotta pay for them, and they're tough to come by. Like <laughs> sometimes you just can't get them. Man, I know. I'm watching. I'm waiting for. So I have like one hinkle that I'm like terrified to nice. lose. And, but I'm watching for a few pizzas to come up on eBay right now. I really, really want want to get one. Um, the phony frog. That's that's the guy I'm thinking of. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a couple phonies. Uh, he's got a gill that looks incredible. If I can get my hands on that phony soon, dude, that's that thing looks like the real deal. I but, saw the uh, the phony down at the swim bait gathering. Um, the last one that they did, I saw it down there. Literally was going to buy one, and I was like, I, I just ran out of money. I, I can't afford it. <laughs> I know, I know, man. Like I'm like, it's like you got to save up for it, you know. And instead of like buying a new reel or something, you you're buying a swim bait. Like, yeah, that'd be the one. That's like the one thing that makes it back into the truck after every day is the swim bait box. You know, I'm like. Where yep. y'all can steal a lot of stuff, y'all cannot steal my swim baits. That is, there's too much money <laughs> sitting in that box. It's scary, man. But that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you we figured. Yeah, phony. They they make really good shack glides and um and gill glides. So really realistic um gills. Like it looks yeah, like dude. a real gill. It does look like a real gill. I cannot wait. I was texting them uh, two days ago. I cannot wait uh, to try it out because yeah, I'm. I feel like the gill thing is a deal that not that many people have caught on to yet. A lot of people are on the glide bait deal, but not many people are on the bluegill glide deal. And it's a it's a it's a deal. <laughs> it's definitely a deal. So yeah. You didn't hear that from me though. Nope. Definitely not on the fishing fanatics podcast. No, sure. <laughs> not at all. Cool, buddy. All right, let's uh, we'll wrap it up here. I just always like to kind of give you the floor. Um, as any any um social medias that you got, any websites or any things like that, yeah, people can follow along with you. Awesome, yeah. So you can find me on uh on TikTok uh, at Braden Rakes, and then you can also find me on Instagram at, at Braden Rakes as well. Um, yeah, those are my those are my main platforms. 
Nice. I'll uh, link them on the description. People can go check you out. Um, hopefully you catch a, a nice big one on that phony glide once you get it. Uh, look forward wait. to possibly doing like end of the season recap on the opens too. Have you yeah, back on here for another episode. Dude, let's do it, man. That'd be awesome. Cool, man. Sounds good. Right. Appreciate the time. Yeah, dude. Thanks, man. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well.